Welcome again to the LaPaz Beloved podcast and we are continuing on our series of Do Not Worry as commanded by Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. So hopefully you've been able to listen to the three that have come before this and I'm going to ask Debbie to read the Matthew passage again. I want her to learn it. I should have have done the introduction (laughs) so that you read it. I can read it. (laughs) No, I'll read it. It's fine. Do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So if you're having a day of troubles, it's not abnormal. I mean, that for me is so encouraging, isn't it, that each day's got enough troubles. It's not just me in particular, it's just, you know... All right, so in verse 32, Jesus says, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So really, what's Jesus saying to us here? Well, those who don't have him run around after all these things like nothing else matters because they know nothing else. That's right. You know, and he says, I've got this, and I can provide all these things. Yep. And yes, yeah, so that's exactly it, isn't it? Like like Debbie said, they know nothing else. And, and Jesus is saying that our standards ought to be different mm. from the unbeliever. Yeah. Um, you know, we do what we need to do. We work and we trust God and he will provide. He knows what we need and he is our provision and he'll bless the works of our hands and we've got to trust him and don't behave like unbelievers, worrying and stressing because essentially that is what we're doing, isn't it? When we worry and stress, we are be. Yeah, we, we know the truth, but we're behaving yeah. as if we don't. And, you know, I think the problem comes in, though, is that um, what we want we may often see as a need when it actually isn't a need. Mm, yeah. And our materialistic society encourages this, and we can easily outstrip our income by our wants so that we get ourselves into debt, and then that leads us to worry and stress. And so I think it's just really, yeah, you know, he says, I'll provide your clothes or whatever, but it might not be the best fashion designer sort of we just see that as you know oh well god's not meeting it because it's not the exact Mm. thing that or the brand or whatever i would want and yeah and that's and i know for me you know that's changed as well what i would consider a want now um or you know something that i need sorry is like probably a want but you get spoiled when you get used to it it's it's funny because that you say that you say that because you know growing up there was four kids in our family and we're one income family and we we never had designer clothes or anything but we didn't ever want that like yeah. we actually got like we never missed out on excursions we never missed out on um you know anything that was on at school or anything like that you know yeah. god always provided for us you know 
So, like, I think for me, I grew up, you know, seeing that God does provide and, yep. and seeing that and knowing that I, I don't, like, if it was a physical, yeah. I don't need to worry about that. You know, sometimes I'm, you know, I, I want my boys to see that as well. Like, you know, there's things that they, they see their friends getting and and there is times, you know, where they're like, oh, mum, I really want this for my birthday. Yeah. And they know that they don't get huge presents yeah. unless it is for their birthday, birthday or Christmas. Yeah. yeah, but even them saying for my birthday, yeah. they're not just so, you know, yeah. and, and, I'm, and I'm always saying to them, you know, at, like my eldest, Asher, he's, he's learned, okay, mum, you know, I really want this, but I understand if it's too much money, yeah. you know, yeah. and, or I'll say to him, well, do you know how much that costs? Like he, he for Christmas last year, he wanted this... Um, robot that it was like two thousand dollars <laughs> and I was like um do you understand that that's this much money and he's like wow that's a lot of like he's he's yeah. older so he knows that that is a lot of money but I'm like you know that's like half a car or t- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like do you know you know like and, and explaining to him you know we don't even spend that much maybe in a year on you and your brother yeah, for your birthdays yeah. and for Christmas, yeah, you know. Yeah, no. And so he's like, oh, okay. But, you know, explain to him, well, you can yeah, save up for that, and, you and know, if that's something that you to, want. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. It's like you say, you want your kids to learn. Um, you know, I know that that scripture, Paul says, content when you, you know, times of want and times. We've known times of want and mm. times of plenty. And, uh, you know, growing up with our son as well, he never, like, we'd never go to shops and there would be a tantrum because you couldn't have, it was the same, he understood there were some times you could and some times you couldn't. And, you know, when he was um, in year 12 as well at school and playing rugby and that, they had a a tour to New Zealand. And, you know, he didn't ask us if he could go. We found out about it and, like, why do you not ask? (laughs) Like, you can go because he just decided, well, he knew that we couldn't probably afford it. Yeah. But we did make it happen. But, you know, and then I was sort of, you always want to give your kids, you want to teach them values, but you always want to give them more than what you had because I yeah. also grew up with four yeah. kids and we didn't have a lot of money and stuff. And so, you know, I, you know, my son had a lot more than what I had. And, yeah. you know, we still try to teach him values. But, you know, I must admit the society we're in as well, and they came like when he got married and, you know, his wife, the same situation where, you know, your parents want to give you and, and they were in a position where we yeah. both were to give more than what we had. Yeah. And you sort of worry that that's their norm, so they're coming out of that, going into, and I sort of thought, oh, they're going to get into, like, debt mm. and have all this stuff. And, you know, he manages his money better than I do. Like, mm. I get so proud of him when I see it or yeah. when I hear him because um, I can see all the things I instilled, even though it looks like they have this great lifestyle. I mean, he did two degrees, so eight years at uni, drove yeah. a scrap car, went without stuff. So that he could be where he is now, yeah. and and I see that they they haven't gone into like debt and stuff, yeah. you know, apart from their house mortgage, but to actually maintain that lifestyle, and yeah. it's all the things that've been sown, and I can see it when I listen to them or whatever, and think, oh, they manage their money better than yeah. I do, you know. So it's really, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and I don't know how I got onto no, that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Matthew Henry says this about those words where Jesus said the pagans run after these. Matthew Henry says, The Gentiles seek these things because they know not better things. They are eager for this world because they are strangers to a better. They seek these things with care and anxiety because they are without God in the world and understand not his providence. They fear and worship their idols but know not how to trust them for deliverance and supply and therefore are themselves full of care. 
but it is a shame for Christians who build upon nobler principles and profess a religion which teaches them that not only that there is a providence, but that there are promises made to the good of the life that is now, which teaches them a confidence in God and a contempt of the world and gives such reasons for both. It is a shame for them to walk as Gentiles walk and to fill their heads and hearts with these things. I mean, I love that. That mm. is so good, hey? Not only like yeah. do we have providence, we have provision, but there's promises as well. So how has anxiety and worry affected your life or, or those around you? And what can you do? Any practical sort of advice for the listeners on how you would stop worrying? Yeah. So, well, like I've mentioned in previous podcasts, that I used to give way to anxiety and worry all the time, but and, and it can leave you paralysed. Um, and I've seen these signs in restrooms at, at shops recently about anxiety and how it can leave you always second-guessing yourself and keep you in fear. Yeah. So it's obviously a real problem for a lot of people, yeah. you know, for you know the general public yeah. to be having these signs put in front of them. Um, and over a long period of time, I've learned how to semi-manage worry and anxiety, not by any means proficient at it. Um, however, my children also suffer from anxiety a lot, and in particular, our youngest son. And he'll always worry about situations and places that he's never been. And it, it really does my head in sometimes because we you know, have to explain things over and over and, for instance, we were going to a new beach spot that we'd not been to before and he, before he would even agree to leave the house, he wanted to see pictures and he wanted to know what the water was like, could he touch the bottom, was it safe to go under, you know, what else was in that area. And we had no idea. So, yeah, so my husband actually tried to find photos to show him on Google, you know, what it looked like. And in the end, we had to literally pick him up, put him in the car because he just refused to go. He's six and so it wasn't easy. But that's what we had to do. And anxiety gets him at every turn because we're the ones he trusts um, and we're the ones, yeah, and we're the ones that see it. And he's learnt to keep it under wraps at school um, and he barely speaks to his teacher unless he's spoken to. And so in turn that's given us some anxiety as well. <laughs> um, but we're constantly having to point him towards God and, and like I also mentioned in a previous podcast, you know, we're constantly saying to him, you know, trying to get him to bypass us to go straight to God, but we're yeah. still in the process of teaching him. And he, he's six, so, yeah, so you know, he's fun. still learning yeah. that. Yeah. Um, we we did have some success though when we were away um, at the beginning of the year. We went um, on holidays, and one day we needed a park, and he was really determined that he wanted to go swimming because we've been there before. He wanted to go swimming there. We said to him, look, if there's no parks there, we can't stop and go swimming there. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, well, When we... Debbie's saying she needs a park, this is the Aussie way of talking. She needs a parking oh, spot. Oh, parking spot for a I car. I was thinking you know, first, like, to actually stop playing the at the park, yeah. Yeah, so, so we need a parking spot for the car, yes. <laughs> um, and so he he was, um, you know, we, we said, look, you know, if we haven't got one, then we, you know, we won't be able to stop. And so his brother actually said to him, you know, well, maybe you should. Maybe we should pray for one. And and he's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to pray for one. And he was really excited That's to be so praying cool. for a car spot. And of course, because God loves us, yeah. he loves, loves us, and he loves that childlike faith. faith. Yeah. 
he provided and he was so excited to see God at work that day and he's like oh I love you God thank oh, you God so and he was so excited <laughs> so, like God please come through build this but it was awesome to see him also thank God and I yes, and we were encouraging him in that so you know teaching him that way as well so yeah that's so good and that's it. more taught than taught isn't it yeah. they observe what you're doing in your life Yes, so I mean, I, you know, I've said that I still worry as well. It's an area where I have to constantly control and discipline my thoughts. And as I said in previous podcasts, it stems sometimes from me seeking my security in money or in stuff instead of in God. And um, yeah, and when I'm in the flesh, then I worry. And so for me, the biggest practical tip that I could give that's helped me is getting the word into me mm. and forcing my thoughts onto the word when I'm tempted to entertain negative thoughts. Don't indulge them. Um, you know, and like I've said before as well, I learned that whole passage off by heart mm. and because, you know, in the middle of the night and that's what I needed to do. And, um, you know, another thing as well is not comparing your life and with what you have to others because that creates dissatisfaction yeah. in you. And, you know, you might end up spending what you shouldn't and, you know, just that being content with what you have and cultivating that grateful heart, that mm. grateful attitude. Um, and that's all active work on your part because it's easy. The minute you start entertaining a negative or feeling a bit ungrateful, it's easy to go down that path and you have to stop yourself and start counting your blessings, basically saying all the things that you are grateful for, not focusing on what you don't have, yeah. but focusing on what you do have. Yeah. Um, you know, And just making sure that God's your priority and that you're getting your sense of worth from him. Because if you're not getting it from him, then you're going to look to other things and that's going to get you into trouble. You'll start comparing yourself to others. You might get yourself into financial stress um, because you're trying to keep up with other people or fill your needs for affirmation with stuff. Mm. And a lot of people do that. You know, they've got this need for affirmation and worth and it's not coming from God and so they do fill their life. That's where you will start trying to find it in stuff. And then that causes stress as well as a finance again. I think what you know, what you were saying about you know more is taught than taught as well. Yeah. You know, like it just shows that the fact that my sons have anxiety yes. shows that yes. in me That's, it's not yeah. something that I've mastered, yeah. as I've yeah. clearly yeah. stated. But um, you're right. Like I think the best thing that anyone, best advice that you can give to anyone is quite literally just stop and take those court those courts those thoughts, thoughts captive and. You know, and give it over to God because, you know, now, like I know for me, you know, the biggest times of anxiety is usually when I lose something because I'm, you know, having to I try and be organised but I'm not always the most organised. So, you know, I can either start to have a full-grown panic attack that yeah. something's lost or, and freak out about it or I can stop at the first sign of any kind of worry yeah. and give it over to God and... You know, and like in Philippians 4, 6, you know, be anxious about everything. Sorry. Do not <laughs> do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I was just telling my niece recently, she was worried about something, and I said, you know what I do? I just start thanking God for anything and everything Thank I can you. think of. And honestly, when you're thinking about the things that you're thanking God for, it does take your mind yeah, off those yeah. fears and you... You, you can then go, oh, he's given me this and he's pulled through on this. Yes. And 
So why isn't he going to... Of course he's going to look after this. It's like memorial know? stones, isn't it? Thinking back on yeah. what he's done. Yep. And, and I think the big thing as well, like you're saying, when you start thanking God, immediately your focus then is going up to him mm. and it's all what's here. And, and that's the whole as well. The scripture tells us, you know, to fix our thoughts on Jesus, yeah. which was higher. Yeah. Fix our eyes on Jesus as well, those two scriptures, mm. fix your thoughts and fix your eyes. And so it's taking your attention off your thing and that's why it's so important. You know, going back to what you're saying, important for, I mean, kids are like little sponges. And, and that's why I'd say to people, deal with your issues as early as you can because yeah. you might have had five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years that you haven't dealt with it, that it's gone into your kids. Yeah. And, and in addition to the spirit of fear, there's also, you know, that well, there is a spirit, but it can travel down, you know, um, family lines as well, and that needs to be cut and broken. Yeah. Repented of, but then you still need to would have to pray over your children as well, which I know you guys have done all that. But I'm just, you know, telling the listeners that <laughs> that is one of my that. biggest fears. Of, yeah. Like, you know, most people think, oh, you know, I don't want to screw my kid up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to pass on anything spiritual yeah, to them yeah, that's exactly. negative. You know, yeah. that isn't of God, and, so. and that's why we need to deal hey with things. And you know, for me, like, I, I think I've dealt with most things, and you know, if the Lord brings something else to mind, then I have to deal with it. But having a granddaughter now, it's like, you know, I look at myself and I look at her other grandmother and like, come on, let's just deal with like, if there's yeah. anything, please, because I don't want that passed down to my yeah, granddaughter. Yeah. Not to say it's just her, it can be me yeah. as well. Like, I don't want to pass that down. And mm. I, I know the kids would have prayed off as well and stuff, but it's just like, even there, like, just deal with your issues because it's going down to, you know, yeah. And then, you know, if you don't deal with it well, you know, the earlier the better for them. But, you know, if you don't deal with it and they grow up as adults, yes, you know, that God is faithful and they'll deal with their things. But it makes it much harder for mm. them, doesn't it? So, yeah, it's, they'll have their own stuff without us putting ours onto them. The other good thing about teaching your kids these kinds of things is that they can keep you accountable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it Mom, when my you told us not you, yeah, yourself yeah, like coming you back at you. Yeah. Yep, you're right. That's good. It's like at schools that sometimes as well you hear the kids talk. Like that was really sobering for me that I would hear often hear kids saying to other kids things that after like, or it might even just be, oh, come on, suck it up, you'll be fine. <laughs> but you know how much they take yeah. on. It's like, um, but I just have a chuckle as well when we have wet lunches and um, there's always a group of them that want to play schools. And they like, you know, and you hear yourself coming out and you're like, oh, it's a, you know, it's cute, but it's also makes you realize, yeah. oh, you know, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't had that so much with boys trying to be mum. No, yeah. <laughs> All right, so Jesus goes on in verse 33 to say, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things mm. will be given to you as well. So, what does that actually all mean? When you when you seek God, you know when you put seeking God and and His ways first before anything else, He will look after you. Yep. You know, seeing to it that you have everything that you need. Yeah. So, you know, I'm finding in every like um, passage that I've been reading lately, you know, there's always a you know, there's a promise, but yeah. whenever you see a promise, promise there's always yes. there is always yes. conditions. Yeah. You know, so you know. It's saying, don't worry, because God will look after this. Yeah. But seek first his kingdom. Yes. Seek, Do that first. Yeah, yeah. So if you're seeking his kingdom first, yeah. then all these things will be given to you as well. And, that, and that's so important that you say, Debbie, because I've often heard people claiming promises, but 
they are often doing the exact opposite mm. of the condition. And I'm like, you can't expect God to bless yeah. you. And I mean, sometimes yeah. he will in spite of that because he's God and he's good. But, you know, they often actively would be not fulfilling the conditions yeah. or whatever. And then they still expect him, you know, and it's so important, like you say. And, and, and that's really what that is, like you said. It's putting God first, living his way, making his will your priority, getting your worth and your standing, your righteousness from him. And then, as you said, he will take care of what you need. But if what you need is more important to you than him, then you're going to end up in a mess. Mm. But if he's more important than all you need and want, then he delights in meeting your needs and often even your wants as well. Yeah. You know, and it's getting to that place, like you said in an earlier podcast, where we give it all to him. You know, he's often just standing there waiting. And, what you know, we struggle, struggle, struggle trying to do it. And then we finally give it to him. And that's often where we'll get the breakthrough. Yeah. And so, you know, we have to be more concerned with pleasing God and tending to what he's called us to rather than worrying about the things that he says he'll take care of. Mm. So not only has he said he'll take care of it, and then we still worry when he's already told us, you know. Um, 2 Timothy 2.4 sums this idea up. It says, No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather he tries to please his commanding officer. And and we have to remember that we are first and foremost soldiers in God's kingdom serving under the command of Jesus Christ. You know? and, that, and, and with that comes what we were talking about earlier as well, about discipline and training. You know, um, Yeah, so that's really good. All right, so Jesus is not promising an easy life in this passage, but what is he promising? He's promising that when we put our trust in him and seek him first, yep. he will be in be the one in control and the one who will provide all we need. Maybe yep. not always what we want, yes, and that's but big. definitely what we mm. actually need. And I think that often is that's such an important point because that's often where we go astray, like, yeah. He will provide what we need. It may not be what we want, and it's often not in the way that we would like it or we think it should come. And I think that's where we're going to doubt because we have all these preconceived ideas about how God is going to come through and how he's going to do it, and he might do it in a totally different way. Yeah, And we don't recognize it as his provision because it's not how we yeah. thought it should be. Yeah. Um, yeah, so as you said, he's promising that if we put him first above everything else, that he will take care of us and he'll provide for our needs. And, you know, it's, it's seeing that he is our provision and we focus on him then without worrying about our mm. life. Yeah. If only we just took these words in and did them. I know. <laughs> sometimes, but other times. All right, verse 34, it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. <laughs> so let it worry about itself, right? Each day has enough trouble of its own. What's Jesus saying here? And would your life look different if you fully appropriated that scripture? This is I've been so excited about getting to this verse because I love <laughs> go, this verse. Go. Oh, the, well, the first time I heard this verse, I was probably a preteen, and I heard it in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in Anne of Green Gables, and I remember thinking that's a really good saying. And then years years later, I found out why because it was biblical truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, each and every day is a new set of situations and problems that arise. It yeah. doesn't matter what happens, and. If we are to worry into the future, then we can't enjoy and live for God in the here and now today. That's so important, isn't it, Debbie? We miss the yeah. here and now because we're so worried. Now That's it, now, yeah. Which is sad. We never get it back. And and when we trust God with our small problems, then our big ones, then our whole day, then 
the next step is to trust him with our future. After all, he is the one who knows it all and has planned it planned it all for our good, Jeremiah 29, 11, yeah. for I know the plans I have it, for you. Hey. I have declared, sorry, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I think if I made sure that I lived this scripture out every day, I would have a lot less tension in my shoulders <laughs> and not be getting the headaches and things and my hair would fall out less. <laughs> Um, and maybe go, well, I haven't gone grey yet, but I'm sure other people would <laughs> go grey. But I am really working on this and yeah, I have been for... Grey is a sign of wisdom. Oh, yes, this is true. This is true, yes. And I have been really working on this and have been for at least two-thirds of my life. <laughs> However, I do know that giving every tiny detail over to the Lord would bring so much more peace. Yes. That truly does pass all understanding, understanding and it frees me up to think on him and his ways. Yeah. I think as well that Jesus saying that tomorrow we'll worry about each day has enough trouble. I think he's trying to tell us as well, you know what, it's never ending. Yeah. There's always, like you said, Debbie, every day is going to bring things that are going to tempt us to worry. So if he's saying that, he's basically saying, putting that out there, look, yeah. it is never going to end. So do you really want to waste all yeah, that time? Yeah, holding on to it. Yeah. And, and, you know, with um, what would my life look like, diff- how different would it look if I procreated? I tell you what, I'd be more carefree. Mm, absolutely. Um, I would sleep much better. <laughs> yeah. I'd have more peace. I'd just enjoy everything more. I'd do more. I think I would take more risks as well, and I wouldn't bypass so many opportunities, and I would probably question God a lot less too as well. So it would, like... I think I need to write all that in my mirror and just think really enjoy. You know, it's not just a cliche stop and smell the roses. It is like being that more carefree. Hey? Yeah. It's just oh, it was like, well, what are you even worried about? Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll end there. So I'd really encourage you to just get that into yourself. Read that over and even learn it. Matthew six twenty five to 34, Jesus himself telling us, you can start by just going reading how many times he says do not worry, you know, and in different ways throughout that verse. So thank you for listening and we hope that you've got yeah. something out of it. And we'd love to hear stories if, um, you know, and all to God's glory, but if there's anything here that really impacts you or really helps you or changes your life, we'd love to hear about it. So yeah. you can get hold of us through www.lifehalfandhalf.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you. 